CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live Bible answer program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a question on the Bible or the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. That's 1 888 Ask CSN. Now let's get things started. Here's today's host. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of To Every Man and Answer. I'm filling in today for Pastor Mike Kessler. So glad to be here with you on this program. Listen, if you have any questions about what we believe as Christians, why we believe it, is it even in the Bible? Listen, we have lines that are open. You can call us at 8888-ASK-CSN. We'd love to hear from you today, wherever you're at, listening to this broadcast and joining me today I'm so glad. I, I haven't had a chance to see this brother since, uh, well, we were back in New Jersey not too long ago, but we're blessed right. today to have with us Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. Brad, great to see you. Welcome to the program. Oh, great to be on the show. Thank you, John. Great to see you too. So glad to have you here. And, and I'll tell you why. I mean, I, I was when I heard that you were going to be on the program today, I was excited because today the House of Representatives passed the so-called Respect for Marriage Act on Thursday with all the House Democrats uh, joined by 39 Republicans. The vote was 258 to 169. And this will codify the same-sex marriage. Joe Biden is expected to sign it. And with your background and what you do legally, I just, before the program, we get to the questions. I want to ask, Brad, does this threaten the religious liberty of Americans who believe that marriage is exclusively between the union of one man and one woman, should we be concerned? And what should we do? Yeah, well, on the bright side, it could be a lot worse. Uh, <laughs> I'll say that uh, in that uh, it doesn't uh, take away the rights of states uh, with regards to having to conduct same-sex marriages. Uh, they have to respect same-sex marriages from other states, the uh, as far as the Supreme Court is concerned, that's uh, uh, sort of that's there, and it's uh, it's what it is. Uh, and uh, yet, at the, on the flip side, though, there are definite risks. For example, in terms of uh, businesses, business owners, um, organizations, uh, they may find themselves in a very precarious situation, difficult situation, uh, where uh, they're finding themselves uh, potentially having to uh, to compromise. And how do they reconcile? Uh, their faith with uh, new pressures uh, with regards to uh, this this new statute federal on a federal level. Uh, I encourage anyone out there, if they're a business owner or a head of an organization, to contact us for free uh, counsel and assistance. We never charge for our work, as you know, John, and uh, we'd love to to serve uh, the people across our country uh, in this regard. It's uh, it, it's also I want to point out it's, it it definitely wasn't necessary, even you know if, in terms of what it brought to the table, it, um, you know, we, we already had the Obigafell decision uh, where the uh, you know, Supreme Court said that uh, same-sex marriage is somehow a new, a new right, if you will. Um, and uh, so that is, you know, that's already there. I, I think this is much more of a policy matter to try to intimidate, uh, codify, and uh, uh Provide, I think, greater pressure for for others and other states, red states, uh, and businesses in red states to um, to toe the line and to uh, capitulate. I think that's I think that's basically what the game that game plan is. 
Mm. Well, thank you, Brad, so much for answering that question. And and I think, too, yeah, for our listeners, if they have questions, it's a blessing to have the Pacific Justice Institute available to answer those questions and to provide counsel. Well, let's go to the phones now. Let's go out to Kevin right here in Anaheim, California. Kevin, welcome to the program. God bless you. Yes. Yes, I have a question. Um, anyway, uh, a few years ago, well, I think 2004 to be exact, my mother had a immune surgery uh, and uh, anyway, Blood clot went to her heart and uh, and she died from it. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me a little backstory. Um, I was I was uh, abu- abused a lot by her. I mean, you know, beaten up. And I mean, she was, she she had like a, all kind of uh, mental problems, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm told that when she died, one of her cats uh, went literally bonkers, and the cat literally had to be uh, put down. And actually, the cat was buried with her in the casket. That's what I'm told. Anyway, my question is uh, regarding the demoniac and uh, the demons getting cast out of the demoniac and going into the swine and they drown in the sea. My question, I know I'm an animal lover, been all my life. I have dogs and, dogs and cats are very sensitive. On the other side of the coin, though, um, they're very sensitive. They pick, up on, they pick up on your emotions, your feelings, especially if you died. Uh, my question is, could have a lot of her uh, foaming at the mouth and raging and then all that uh, not been just mental prop, mental issues, but uh, actual demon possession. Because uh, believe me, she was uh, well. She was out there. Um, could 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 have could have a, a demon literally went out of her and possessed a cat. This is my underlying question. Well, I don't believe so, but I, I want to comment, Kevin, and say that demon possession is a real thing. And also there are cases where mental illness is legitimate and a real problem that we're facing right now. Concerning your mother's situation and the cat, uh, as you described it, I, I couldn't say for sure on that. I don't believe so, honestly. Um, but I want to say too, Kevin, I, I'm so sad to hear about uh, the way that you grew up and some of the things that you encountered there as a young man. And I pray that um, the Lord would provide healing for your own heart and that God would use your testimony mm-hmm. to be able to minister to others who maybe are listening today and you've gone through similar circumstances. Listen, there is a, a real devil and he desires to destroy relationships and destroy people's life. And there is real demonic activity. Of course, we overcome that through the power of Jesus Christ, through the word of God and, um, you know, concerning that. But, you know, Brad, what do you think about that? When you hear something like that and you hear about what's going on, what do you think? Well, yeah, I think I, I agree with you with what you said. It's a it's it's very quick and easy for us to say, oh, that's that's ridiculous. In our modern society, we don't have demons around anywhere. Uh, reality is, no, it is. We have intensive spiritual warfare taking place. And in order to have warfare, you have to have two two sides, if you will, two fronts. And one of those fronts are, are the satanic demonic front. It's it's very real, and uh, people have been delivered from uh, being uh, possessed uh, by demons. Have been liberated and uh, through faith in Christ and and uh, that whole process. Uh, and at the same time, uh, we just I think we should also not in, in any way allow. And I've seen this happen before in the churches where. Believers almost get um, obsessed with or intimidated uh, by by demons, and you know, is there a demon there? That may be, you know, and it, to the point that it can can cause fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and discipline. And I'm not saying this caller is afraid or anything like that. Uh, so don't I don't want that to be interpreted. But uh, but the reality is, it's it's uh, I've seen believers though get focused as if they're apprehensive, as if they're you know looking you know over their shoulder. 
uh, we have a, should have a, a bold confidence as believers to, to no way be threatened or intimidated by the prospect of, of, of demons. Um, you know, we are children of the living God, and our God is our shield, our hope, our protector. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And uh, we can always, uh, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're experiencing, no matter what, what we're witnessing, uh, we should, could always t- should always take that to heart as we deal with these uh, these issues as they come up. Mm. Great response. Kevin, I hope that helps you there in Anaheim. Does that help you out? Okay. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome, brother. Hey, if you stay on the line, we got some resources that we would love to send you um, free of charge. We just want to bless you today. A book entitled It's Time to Grow by Mike Kessler and 101 Last Days Prophecies and even a film, the Jesus film by the Genesis Project. And stay on the line. We'd love to get that to you. God bless you today, Kevin. Thanks again for calling. Let's now go out to Dean in Grangeville, Idaho. Dean, what's it like out there? What's the weather like in Idaho? Can you share with us? Oh, that? it's it's cold. We have uh, oh over a foot of snow. It's I, I live in a mountain, so I got a lot of snow. How are you doing today? Hey, we're doing great, brother. We're so glad that you called. And it sounds like you have a a call and a specific question for Brad Dacus. Can you share that with I, us? I do. Yeah, I I told I told the screener uh, I, I did have. Just a quick question for him. Not really a question or a request. Maybe uh, um, may, may I go ahead and ask? Yeah, please. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Mr. Dacus, uh, I have a friend here. He lives, he lives near the town where I live in, and he worked, he worked for the Washington State Department of Corrections, and he, he was, uh, what I would say, illegally fired because he would not take the COVID shot. This has been months mm-hmm. back. And his his uh, the final filing date on his his case is going to be in January, the middle of January, and he has contacted you. I'm just I'm just wondering, uh, is there is there a way to put? I know you do this pro bono. I know it's, I really appreciate what you mm-hmm. what you folks do because it helps a lot of people. But is there a way to put maybe a few more people on in Washington so he can get his court filing done uh, yeah uh, he's, said he, he has he has contacted pacific justice institute our office there in washington state he said he he's has? written you numerous times okay and, and okay and uh, and and we had replies had replies it, okay the good lady who wrote back to him said that she was just snowed under she's had yes so i know Tra- attorney tracy tribbett heads up our office there in washington state that's one reason why just this last month we hired another attorney uh, to open up an office uh, in Seattle, we have that open. He's uh, up and running, uh, so uh, yeah, they they should be uh, de- helping him. That's why we, we we expanded that office. We have two offices now in Washington State alone, uh, just to serve. We have thousands and thousands and thousands across the country right now. We're representing. Uh, so um, if he hasn't, uh, you know, if uh, if if she's not getting back with him, if she says, "Hey, it's going to be another two weeks," you know then that's one thing. If he feels that for some reason that, uh, that she's, you know, not being decisive or not taking it on or whatever, um, then have her, have her, have him feel free to give me a direct call on my direct cell number, uh, which is, I'm going to, you have a pen? Just a second. I will. Okay. All right. Uh, and I'll, I'll personally follow up with that. Um, we, we're, we're sort of unique as a ministry, very unique as a ministry. We work hard to make sure that everyone gets help, that no one's left on the side of the road. So we don't just cherry pick a few high profile, you know, cases and just turn everyone else away. 
we're very unique. We want to make sure everyone gets help. So um, I really take this to heart, and I want to make sure that uh, that uh, he's getting the follow through. We have a lot of people right now. They're nervous. They've got their deadlines. Uh, we're getting him filed. Uh, he maybe he's you know apprehensive, but I want to I want to dig into it and find out. So Thank are you. you ready? Yes. Okay, so it's uh, 916-719-9510. That's my direct call, uh, number. Have Feel free to call me. If people are out there, by the way, and they're in a, a crisis situation, our, our office hours are closed, or it's on a weekend and they need immediate help, uh, I want them to also take note of that and feel free to contact me on that same cell, cell number, 916-719-9510. People find it sort of uh, weird, if you will, that the president of the organization is giving out his personal cell number. Um, but that's what we do. I want to make sure people get help. And we have uh, 27 attorneys on staff, mm. uh, and I'm, uh, I want to make sure that uh, everyone gets help. So, Well, Brad, thank you so much. And, Dean, I hope that helps you out. Uh, Brad, your phone's going to be blowing up here pretty soon. You're going to be getting texts. I'm going <laughs> to send you a few pictures. Uh, but I just want you just to, you know, whatever. Hey, Dean, God bless you, brother. And we'll be praying for your friend who is in that case. And there's a yes. lot of people like that. If you're listening, listen, reach out to the Pacific Justice Institute, yes. and they would love to help you. Thanks for the call, Dean. Stay on the line. We'd love to send you some resources uh, out there in Grangeville, Idaho. God bless you, brother. Hey, let's go now to Rodney in Roseburg, Oregon. Rodney, you're on to Every Man and Answer with John Randall and Brad Dacus. God bless you. Well, God bless you guys. Long-time listener and first-time caller. So, All right. So my first question is, is uh, um, there is a... Um, an inf- uh, quite a big uh, movement of the new apostolic reformation in many mainstream churches. And I don't hear a lot about it other than maybe Jan Markell and her group on all of tree ministries. And um, I was just wondering what your guys's take is on it because they're, they're not an association as such where you could find them in one place and have a head office. It seems like it's a doctrine that has been um, taken on by many, many churches, especially after the COVID uh, funny business that went on. And uh, so anyway, um, and then I have a second question after that. Okay, well, let's uh, first take this one, the New Apostolic Reformation, also known as NAR. Many of you, perhaps you've heard of that. Maybe you haven't. But it is an unbiblical religious movement that emphasizes experience over Scripture, mysticism over doctrine, and modern-day, quote, apostles over plain text of the Bible. And you can know that if somebody is practicing something that wasn't taught by Jesus, modeled by Jesus, it wasn't taught by the apostles, modeled in the early church, if it wasn't taught by the apostle Paul, if it wasn't shared in the epistles, then listen, you can scrap it. And there's a lot of things that are coming out through the NRA in in terms of or the NAR, rather, different organization, the NAR, that are unbiblical. And so, and and there's all these different aberrant things in the realm of experience. Listen, the Holy Spirit does work, but the Holy Spirit does not contradict what he has said in scripture. And it's unfortunate when you see some of these experiences coming forward, because the sad thing, Brad, is it turns people away from the genuine work of the Holy Spirit when you see something aberrant or false and people want nothing to do with it. But listen, folks, 
That's why here at CSN and, of course, to Every Man and Answer, we point you to Scripture. If it's not found in Scripture, then you can know that it's not of the Lord. So you want to be discerning. Brad, have you seen some of this in your circles? Oh, yes. Um, I remember talking to an individual and uh, talking about the new soaking mm. uh, technique, if you will. Uh, you lay on the floor and you put you know, light candles all around you and you... You just soak up the Holy Spirit. You just sit there and soak. It's called soaking. I'm like, okay, where, 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 where what is this? Where is this? This is like right. a, you know, does the Holy Spirit need this kind of, you know, this kind of issue? It's almost like you you do a certain thing to turn on the Holy Spirit, or it's a, you know, it's 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 very disturbing. I have seen this, and we've we've seen some of the extreme extremeness take place. Um, this is actually you know warned about, uh, you know. The, the uh, in, in Second Timothy, you know, chapter three, uh, where Paul warns uh, about people, you know, doing things, teaching things in the church, you know, to tickle their ear or to, uh, and I think a lot of this is, uh, it's it's very tempting, um, but uh, Christianity is not about, you know, uh, learning spells or or certain manners or things to 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 uh, to activate the Holy Spirit as if it's some kind of a the force, um, it's a personal relationship with the Lord, a real personal direct relationship with the Lord through faith in Jesus Christ and as, uh, as our Savior. And uh, I think it's, it's real important that the church state of, state of the scriptures, state of what true Christianity is. And um, if, it, if, it, if it's not in scripture, um, it you know, wasn't practiced by the early church, then uh, that should be a red, a red flag right there that uh, it's something we should probably stay away from. That's right. And Rodney, I appreciate that question. You said you got a second question, a follow-up question. You want to ask that real quick? Yes, sir. Thank you for that. Um, um, and that all kind of rings true to what I've kind of uh, seen. So um, I'm glad you brought that out. Um, so mainstream Christian music artists that are touring with pastors slash women speakers who are all supporters of the name it and claim it. Okay. So, I play worship music, and I I um, I'm feeling convicted playing some of these people's songs when when they're headlining with people that I feel like uh, are following, uh, and it's not just it's not just a feeling. It's I've done some research on this, and it's it's all over the internet. You can find information uh, about these people, especially on their touring posters, who they're touring with, and um, yet they're supporting. Um, uh, this name it and claim it, or the word of faith, or uh, the prosperity gospel, and uh, so my question is: is uh, I'm having a tough time with this because I, I feel like it's sin for me to play this music uh, and support these people when they're hanging around with people that are uh, uh, supporting a false doctrine, like they're touring with these people. Mm. Thank you, Rodney, for that question. You know, I think this is one of the areas where, and, and I think it makes perfect sense that you're you are you're having conviction there. You're not feeling a peace about it. You on this particular issue, you need to hear from the Lord. If somebody's promoting something that is false doctrine, um, obviously we'd want to stay away from that. Um, what songs should I play? What songs can I play? What about that group? And what about them? You know, it's interesting, Brad. Today in the church, um, you you have some amazing songs being written by individuals that are connected 
with aberrant doctrine. It doesn't reflect in the songs that they sing, but in the associations that they have, you wonder, how did we get so far away from biblical doctrine to write these beautiful songs that are anthems for the church? And how do we discern? I think everybody needs to be convinced in their own mind. If the spirit doesn't give you peace, Rodney, about doing that, then, and you said, it, it feels like I'm sinning, then don't do that. To him right. who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin, then stay away from it. Um, but we need to be discerning in these days, and I appreciate your question. Brad, do you have any other comments on that? Yeah, as far as enjoying the music, um, as long as the, the words of the music are glorifying the Lord or not heretical or off track, uh, you know, I uh, the fact that someone wrote the song that has is off on doctrine, um, I personally don't have a, a problem with that because I know God in His grace uh, speaks and uses us, and we don't have it all together. Uh, I don't have it all together. Um, you know, that's the whole sanctification process as Christians. So on the other side, yeah, so I'm sort of the, given the other side of the story here is that, um, yeah, I, we need to, I, I agree 100% on if, if it bothers your conscience, if hearing that music and you, when, when you hear that music, what comes to your mind is, is that group and their, their false doctrine that's, uh, that's dangerous and stuff. Um, and that's, that's not uh, encouraging you. That's not, uh, uh, keep encouraging your walk with the Lord or your, your eyes on Christ instead it's going it to be a distraction. Uh, I agree 100% with that. And uh, and then uh, at the same time, just remember that just because a song was written by someone who may have doctrinal issues or may not have it all together, uh, God is a, a gracious God who works and uses us right where we are, um, even if we don't have our doctrine necessarily uh, all laid out perfectly. And I know when I get to heaven, uh, my eyes are going to be opened up uh, considerably as to uh, the, the full light and not just see through the veil dimly, if you will, uh, myself. Thank you. That's a great response. You know, uh, listen, Rodney, if you stay, stay on the line, we'd love to send you some resources, a book entitled It's Time to Grow, also a film, uh, Jesus by the Genesis Project. I think this will be a real encouragement to you. Thanks so much for your call today, brother. God bless you. And thanks for listening. Well, we go to another area of Oregon now. We go out to Bend, Oregon. Out there in Bend, we got Dan on the line. Dan, thanks so much for calling. How can we help you? Dan, are you there? Hey, we can hear you. Go ahead and speak right into your phone. We'll answer your question here. Well, you're not coming through, but I can read the question. He's asking a question. Uh, Dan, we'll try to get you connected, but it says, uh, Brad, this, this one really is for you. Is there any recourse to those still holding on to the COVID mandates? Anything that, is there going to be any, are they going to be held accountable for this down the road? I know that's what you're fighting for. And this is the question that Dan is asking there from Bend, Oregon. Well, with regards to employees uh, who may lose their jobs, yeah, it's not too late for them to file for religious exemption uh, if that mandate is now coming on them and they haven't lost their job or or if they've been put on leave, uh, then they still have uh, grounds to be able to continue to file for religious exemption to to uh, and then uh, and if they lose their jobs, uh, then they can contact us at Pacific Justice Institute. They need to be prompt. There is a statute of limitations, as was alluded to earlier uh, by another caller. So uh, that's real important. As far as these individuals who are issuing the mandates. Is there a liability, uh, some kind of accountability? But well, we already see some of that coming back uh, in terms of, for example, the military. We know that uh, right now there's legislation that's passed overwhelmingly from the House 
as I understand it, just recently that's going to restore the jobs for all those in the military who've been wrongfully and outrageously fired because of their convictions not to take a vaccine that's very controversial, and, to say the least. And, uh, uh, and at the same time, uh, if employers do not reasonably accommodate those employees who have sincere religious beliefs and convictions that have filed for an exemption, uh, they're sitting ducks for, for lawsuits. And I know that personally because we have lawsuits filed against those employees across the United States as we speak. Dan, I hope that answers your question out there, buddy. And uh, it's, a, it's a great question to ask. There's a lot of people who are in those circumstances right now. And um, mm. again, if you have other legal questions, I would encourage you to call the Pacific Justice Institute. And they got some great lawyers and some great insight help you with that. Dan, if you stay on the line, maybe you can connect with one of our uh, representatives and we'll send you out some resources. Thanks again for calling and really appreciate it. And we'll be praying for all those who are kind of in that area trying to get through and get their jobs reinstated and so forth. Boy, that, that's something that a lot of people have been facing. Well, let's yeah. now go out to Dean. He is in Cottonwood, Arizona. Dean, how are you? Welcome to the program. I'm doing well, brother. Thank you. God bless oh. you guys. Um, I've been uh, listening to this radio station uh, since the late 90s, and this is my first time calling. Oh, and right. uh, I, I just want to give a testimony that this radio station has gotten me through some really dark times and some really good times, and it's been a faithful friend to me. I appreciate you guys. Um, my question, and uh, I'd like to edify Mike because he, uh, he talks about uh, one of the reasons, the main reason that Satan rebelled against him was because of the father-son relationship with Adam, and uh, that's very cool, you know, that he... He pieced that together. I don't. I don't hear that very often. Um, my question today would be about uh, when Jesus makes the statement in the temple in uh, John 12. Let's see, um, verse 30. Okay. Uh, there was a voice from heaven. The crowd heard it. Uh, they thought it was thunder, and others declared an angel had spoken to him. I'm out of Living Bible, by the way. Jesus told them the voice was for your benefit, not mine. The time of the judgment of this world has come, and the time when Satan, the prince of this world, shall be cast out. And I've always wrestled with this. I've been walking for the Lord for a long time, and I've listened to all kinds of um, explains on uh, Revelation. I've, I've searched my own heart in the scriptures and concordances, and boy, I'd, I've dug into that book because... Uh, there's a blessing in that, well, the whole book, actually, but especially in that book, you know? And uh, so in Revelations 12, I've heard that Satan is still in heaven accusing us before God. Well, let's hold on and to that, Dean. We're going to come right back. We're coming up on a break, and in a moment, we're going to answer that question, and uh, we'll have more insight for you. Stick around, folks. We're coming up on the second half of this program. We'll be right back. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. 
MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. As the days grow darker, children are under more attack than ever, and it starts at conception. Sadly, one in five pregnancies will end in abortion. But in the midst of this awful tragedy, there is something you can do about it. Preborn Pregnancy Clinic's mission is to equip pregnancy centers nationwide to help save babies' lives and souls. And every day, Preborn Clinics rescue 150 babies' lives by introducing mothers to their babies on ultrasound. That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And when she got here, it was just, oh my gosh. Preborn clinics are the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country, introducing moms to their preborn babies. To learn how you can help rescue a baby's life, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax deductible. Your host John Randall today on the second half of the program to every man and answer uh, out here in Southern California. Also joined by another Southern Californian. So glad to have Brad Dake is with me on the line today. And we were just discussing with Dean from Cottonwood, Arizona, a question that he had. Friends, listen, if you still have any questions, we have lines open. 8888-ASK-CSN. Love to hear from you. But Dean, you had a question. You started to allude to what I believe was Revelation chapter 12. You want to ask that question? Yeah, the the reason I'm invested is because Jesus delivered me out of the kingdom of darkness. Oh. I didn't need faith to believe in Satan, so I'm watching him go through our culture, and, and mm. it's it, it's really a battle, you know? Mm. And um, so in Revelation 12, where it talks about the accuser of our brethren has been cast down, mm-hmm. when did that happen? And it is a future event, and if it is, then I'm going to have to go back to the Father and get some of my my ducks in a row here, because I've been walking on the victory Jesus bled and died for, and uh, you know the serpent's head was crushed, and I'm really invested in seeing people set free, and uh, you know I fight a defeated foe, and I would just like to have clear understanding. I've had so many opinions about that book that I've really found a real hard time to find a resting place in it. Like, ah, okay, Lord, you know, Amen. Yeah, I got you. Well, let's, let's consider that passage of scripture for a moment. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, it says, I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah, the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. Brad Dacus, is that already happened? Is it going to happen? Has it a portion of it happened? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, <laughs> Sean, I'm going to let you answer this one first. 
<laughs> All right. Well, thank you for. Go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and serve this right back to you. Go All ahead. All right. I, I will receive that, brother. Well, Dean, thank it's you. a great question you ask. First of all, I just want to affirm you in the fact that the devil is defeated. And where was he defeated? Yes. He was defeated at the cross. When Jesus went to the cross and paid for the sins of humanity, the devil was defeated. Death was defeated. Salvation was now opened up for whoever would call upon the name of the Lord. This is why Jesus came. The devil is defeated, but he's still active and he still accuses the brethren. He comes with the lies, always seeking to condemn us, telling us what we used to be, always bringing up our past. But praise the Lord, we can have, as you said, Dean, so powerfully, we fight from victory, not for it. Jesus was victorious. We stand on that victory. But listen, we're still in a battle. There is spiritual warfare going on all the time. That's why the Bible exhorts us to take up the whole armor of God, Ephesians 6, 11, that we might be able to fight against him, that we are to put on the armor of light and we use the word of God, the sword of the spirit, just like Jesus did when confronted by the devil to continually say it is written, it is written, but there is coming a day in the future. The Bible makes it clear when Satan will be cast into the lake of fire for eternity and he'll have no business any longer attacking. In the meantime, we fight in the spirit. Listen, I want to share something with you that I think is really encouraging. Whenever the devil comes and reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Brad, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a great, a great uh, response. Uh, another response is uh, is to recognize that what Jesus did on the cross is sufficient. And whenever we allow Satan to cause us to um, to be consumed with guilt, uh, basically what we're saying when that happens is we're basically implicitly saying, uh, Jesus, what you did on the cross wasn't good enough. Um, and God, because that's effectively what we're doing as Christians when we're allowing uh, the, the the great accuser to to bring on these these feelings of on our of ours our past and our our, our background um, the, the, we remember our past and our background uh, in the context of remembering the depth and breadth of God's grace His mercy His forgiveness and His power and His redemption and uh, I think that when the accuser comes to us we need to uh, I think it's, I like your response as well is, is to uh, Respond and and, and uh, just say, hey, no, Satan, you're you're the loser. Um, you know you, that's that's your future. That's not mine, because um, I have a great, powerful, risen Savior who's separated separated that sin as far as the east is from the west. Amen. And you know what I love, Brad, thinking about what you do for a living, obviously being a lawyer and you're a defense. Jesus is, the word is, he is our advocate in the scriptures, which means he is our defense attorney. The prosecution comes to the bench, accuses us. And the fact is, there's a lot on us. We are guilty. Jesus steps forward as that advocate and said, I paid for this one, Father. He's mine. She's mine. The blood of Jesus paid the price. And we are declared justified, just as if we never sinned. So, Dean, I hope that encourages you, brother out there in Cottonwood. I, I also want to say thank you so much for the encouraging words here, letting us know that CSN is a ministry to you and you are encouraged. And and thank you so much for that. And, brother, I hope God blesses you. And we have some resources that we would love to send to you if you stay on the line. I think it'll be an encouragement to you. Does that answer your question, Dean? Um, the question was, does he still have access to heaven? Oh, does he still have access to heaven? Well, he's been cast down in some way. 
obviously he can't be everywhere at once. He's still the accuser of the brethren. Does he have access to heaven? I I don't believe so in that sense. He's been cast down. A third of the angels went with him, according to scripture. No, he's, listen, heaven wouldn't be heaven if he's there. Now, remember, there are, there are different levels. There's a terrestrial, there's a celestial, et cetera. I mean, somehow he has access, God hears, but not to where, where people are now in heaven, where the glory of God dwells, because in him, there's no darkness at all where the Lord is. So somehow that there's something, and again, these are questions that I don't exactly know, but no, he doesn't have access to heaven in that respect. He's been removed. He's been booted. Praise God. Yeah. Praise the Lord, brother. Yeah. God bless you, Dean. Thanks for your ministry to the seeing people set free. So encouraging. Thank you again. Hey, let's go out to Alma. She's in Central Coast, California. Alma, thanks for coming on to Every Man and Answer today. How can we help you? Hi, I have a question about, um, so what limits, um, I know the, the caller previously was talked, you talked about the apostolic thing. So it triggered in me the uh, question about what limits do we set on the Holy Spirit and things that we see in our church? Um, and what correction do we bring? Because I know that when we see something in a brother, you know, we go to them three times, but as a, a person in the church, um, you know, do we go to our pastor? How many times do we go before? Do we stay and pray? And then like, um, cause you know, like back in the early nineties, we had the Toronto thing, you know, mm-hmm. people were all into that. And I knew of that because of you guys way back then I heard about it and I was like, okay, no, 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 I'm not going to get involved in that. And when I see that I've left places, but then I see things now that I, people are, well, praise is going on in church and people are like laying down in the back of church, rolling around or crawling around like an animal or making noises. And to me, I've been, I was born in church and I know how the Holy Spirit feels Mm. and I've had people try to make me speak in tongues. Like I could teach you that. And I'm like, no, 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 Mm. no, that that's a gift from God. It doesn't come from, you can't, you don't, you don't practice that. You don't learn that. Those are gifts. From the Lord, and uh, He will give them to you as He sees fit. But there's just certain things. Um, I changed it to a different church about three years ago, and you know what? We've addressed it. Uh, things that we see, and we were just told, "Oh, well, you can't limit the Holy Spirit." But my gut and my Holy Spirit inside me <laughs> is telling me that these things are not right, and um, I don't. It's not comfortable to me, um, and I don't feel that if you see somebody rolling around on the ground moaning um, right. during a worship service is biblically correct. That would seem like it would be the opposite of somebody um, like the boy that was uh, possessed. You know, that's what I first thought of when I saw it. That. Jesus had to come and deliver him so he could be set free from that. Stop throwing himself in the fire. And, you know, just all those things like scripture came to me, not my own thoughts. That was just like, this is wrong. And I just started praying for order. And as I started praying for order during that service, that, that calmed down, Mm. that behavior calmed down. Mm. And so I, me and my husband, we've been praying about it, and it's like, oh, God, I don't want to leave. I don't, I'm not a church hopper. You know, I don't want to. But what 
I need direction biblically um, what to do because I also don't want to just stay there um, to, because I know we're supposed to pastors and pray for the body. And right. what if we leave and nobody's praying either for the body? Well, it's a good question that you ask, Elman. It sounds like you are a discerning believer because you are running what you're seeing through the grid of Scripture. The Holy Spirit is not going to contradict the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit reveals the truth of God's Word uh, or the truth in God's Word. So if you see something that is aberrant, you see something that is out of order, uh, which would be classified as crawling on the ground, uh, barking, moaning, rolling, um, yeah, unbiblical. You don't find that in scripture. And the sad thing is in those worship environments, it takes our attention off of the one we're supposed to be glorifying and worshiping. And it kind of, it places it on the person and the individual. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that had every spiritual gift and Paul commended them for the spiritual gifts. He didn't say stop using them. He said, use them decently and in order. And he defined for them what those gifts were. And today, when you see things that are out of order and distracting and so forth, um, it's a, it should be a concern to you. What do you do? Well, like you said, you need to pray. I think it is wise to go to your pastor, share your heart with them. And if he is unwilling or if he says you're, you're just, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're too rigid, then, you know, perhaps maybe the Lord has a different location for you to worship. I commend you the fact that you want to stay there and hang in and, and pray for the body of Christ. Um, God's going to have to give you wisdom and direction on this. But when you see these things out of order, it should be a concern. And we want to draw attention to Jesus. Brad, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I like what you said in terms of does it, does it, uh, the action that you're seeing, does it point people to Christ? You know, the, the gifts of the Spirit are not to glorify us. It's not to lift us up or to give us attention. Uh, it's to lift up Jesus and to lift others and their focus on, on Christ and on the Lord and what he's doing. Uh, so, you know, to me, I, I, you know, people may be engaging in that, uh, you know, thinking that, you know, they're being a spiritual or thinking that this is a, a, you know, a, a good thing. Uh, God gives tremendous grace to believers, particularly to new believers um, who are, you know, just trying to wrap their their, their arms around the, the, the faith and are uh, more vulnerable to to doing things or trying things that are not scriptural. Uh, but I, uh, I I agree. I, I, it's very concerning, and I've seen this before, where you have uh, individuals uh, using gifts, even using the, the, the gifts to for self exaltation, for self validation. Um, as opposed to with a spirit of humility, uh, recognizing it goes to the Lord. It all goes back to the Lord. You know, when the, in the New Testament, when uh, they tried to, you know, worship, you know, the apostles, they, uh, or Paul, you know, they, they pointed back and said, no, 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 we're, we're not gods. No, no, no. This is, mm-hmm. we're not doing this. This is the Lord. This is God. This is, you know, we're, we're humans. And um, I think that spirit of humility needs to be present uh when uh, when you see give, uh, gifts of the spirit being exhibited, not being used for self exaltation or for distraction from Christ and and uh, who we're really worshiping. You know, I also think it's important. You know, I by way of personal experience and Alma, I do pastor a church here in Southern California and have pastored for 
25 years. And there have been moments in our congregation when people who have come perhaps from a different background, I remember there was somebody in the church, this is several years ago now, and during a worship service, they started to say the name Jesus, but not just say the name Jesus, they were screaming the name Jesus so loud that you could hear it over the worship music that was going on. It became a distraction. I myself was distracted. As the shepherd in that church, I quickly looked around, identified where it was coming from. It was about five rows back, a guy in the middle. I walked down the stage as the worship team continued, walked over to that brother and said, brother, we love the name of Jesus, but God is not deaf. And what you're doing is distracting. So please continue to worship. And I just very lovingly and graciously admonished him and he received it. It, it, it. It's on the it's on the shoulders of the pastor to make sure that he is caring for the body in such a way yes. um, that the, there's things being done decently and in order. And so that would be my first place to go. I would go to him in love. I'm not I'm not here to I'm coming humbly and respectfully, but but I also want you to hear this, and I'd love to hear what his take is on that. So um, I hope that helps you. I appreciate the fact that you're discerning and you're using God's word. Yeah. Also, I want to salute you for the fact that. You're not letting this be an issue of personal pride or division. Uh, you're not, you know, angry. You're not trying to to use this as a in a, in a divisive way. Uh, you have a heart though that's burdened, burdened for the church, burdened for your the, the its its function, and 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 uh, I think that that's uh, that's a that's a great heart to have. And I think what the pastor said is right is is uh, is how to address it. And uh, with a, uh, as you are with a spirit of humility and just um, not with, a, with an indignant attitude, but just saying, hey, this is something I'm seeing. I'm concerned about it. I, I you know, I'm, I'm troubled because of this or that. And, and, uh, and I think that's, that's the, the, the way to go. I, it's, uh, um, we have to also have a tremendous forbearance for our, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are, you know, we're all growing and, and some, uh, get involved in things or they, they get distracted or they get into something that's off track. And uh, I think that, that that's a great way to deal with the way that pastor John just, just said uh, um, with the spirit of humility and, and um, with, with, yeah, with, with, with clarity as well. Alma, does that help you out? Yes, it does. Thank you, brothers. I appreciate your time. It's just been bothering me. And like I said, I don't want to leave. I'm, I like I said, it's sometimes, things like this happen to, for the enemy to try to bring division between the brethren. And I'm not about that. I am want to, you know, if I have to go in and battle for my brothers and sisters, I will. I'm, I'm not, um, I'm, like I said, I'm a soldier for the Lord, and I'm going to fight for them, too, and with love and, you know, empathy and compassion because I'm not a baby Christian. And I, I know I just didn't know how to address it, but I see it starting, and it's, it's been a few Sundays and I'm like, okay, I have to say something. And how do I say it, Lord? I need a scripture. I need, I just feel it. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to just do it with love. And if it's not um, taken very well, then that's fine. I'm going to keep going and that's fine. You know, I'll just keep praying and know that I'm not going to participate in those things. If it doesn't fall in line with scripture, I'm going to have to listen to my father. Amen. Alma, thank you so much for your call today. Hey, listen, if you hang on the line, we'd love to send you some great resources. 
that I think will be a blessing to you and encouragement to you. Thanks for what you shared today. And I think it's a good word for a lot of us out there. When you start to see things and, and listen, the devil wants to destroy and divide the church, as our sister pointed out, and he'll use all different tactics. And so as people, we need to be discerning. We need to know what God's word says. Some of the difficulty lies in the fact that the word of God today in many churches isn't being taught. And so people aren't able to discern what's going on. They just kind of go with the flow because they don't know what God's word says. We need to get back to the Bible within the churches. We need to be teaching the word of God so that people understand what God's heart is for the church. So thanks again, Alma, for calling. God bless you. Let's go out to Leonard in Coleraine, Minnesota. What is the weather like out there, Leonard? Can you share with us? Well, today was a, a beautiful day, but uh, it's going to take a turn for the worse next week. So we'll pay oh for it next week. I tell you what, my family comes out of the Minnesota area, and my grandma used to always talk about the windshield factor. Not the windshield factor. It's the wind chill factor. It's a whole other thing. That's right. Exactly. Ooh, God bless you, brother. Well, how can we uh, help you today? Well, thank you for taking my call. My question is in regards to the possible rollout of the digital currency that we hear a lot of talk about uh, that possibly would be rolled out in 2023. And I've been wondering, you know, how a Christian should view that. Should we have apprehension? Uh, should we have concerns, fears about participating in that? I know I have uh, I have uh, relatives that uh, they actually believe that if a person were to participate in the uh, digital currency, that it would that it's actually receiving the mark of the beast. And I personally don't believe that, but how, how do I uh, respond to those people that have such a view? Well, Leonard, that's a great question that you ask, and I'm going to defer that to my friend here, Brad Dacus. Brad, what do you know about digital currency and that's coming out? We're seeing more and more of this commercials coming out, digital mm -hmm. currency. What do you think? Is this setting up to a one-world uh, economic system eventually? What do you think? Yeah, I, I do, actually, Pastor John, and, and that um, – you know, sometimes things we hear about and it's, you know, I heard this or I heard that and it's, you know, uh, speculative or I, I heard this on some questionable website. Um, this is actually mainstream. This is, uh, you, you know, Yellen uh, has, you know, with the administration, she's been upfront about this. Uh, that is a digital currency. Um, it's a very uh, somewhat expected uh, because uh, China and the United States uh, you know, they understand that uh, that you know, right now cryptocurrency is taking a big hit, but in the long run, it's a it's a threat to those national currencies and particularly the U.S. dollar and its strength. So it's 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 a very pragmatic. Um, it has tremendous danger, though, because as we shift to being a digital currency society and China is already much more digital than we are, uh, then we are holding ourselves open for also more government control. Uh, of how we, how we, what we buy and what we spend, because we'll have to inevitably, if we shift completely to digital, the government will have control over that and be able to impose conditions, qualifications for us to be able to utilize that currency and how we utilize it. Um, I think the moral questioning comes in, and the mark of the beast comes in uh, when when this is implemented, and it's implemented in a way that is in some way causing us as Christians to have to compromise our faith. Or deny our faith, and uh, to or to to uh, to raise up something other than than Christ as our Lord and Savior. 
um, that is very, very real. And I think it'll be very apparent. I don't believe that, that God has uh, gave us revelations for us to have to speculate and say, well, gosh, is this the mark? I think it's going to be very clear when that point hits at the same time. Um, I also believe though, that, that this very, very well could be the precursor to it. It's very logical. Um, it seems uh, pretty well set in motion uh, at this point, And, um, I would be surprised if it, if it wasn't implemented uh, and uh, become a, a something of, of, of the of the world currency. The U.S. dollar in the law right now is a, is a currency for world trade. I think the U.S. is going to be uh, just struggling through a uh, creating a digital currency to uh, try to maintain that positioning. Um, but we'll we'll see. And, and China's already, as I said, is already has its digital currency that's it's lying up. So I think this is going to play out and. I do think that is going to be the the the, uh, the end game here, um, and we need to be ready to uh, to make it, make a decision at that time. Are we going to be able to buy or sell, um, and or deny our faith? And that's that's it's going to be a real testing time, I believe, for the for the church. You know, I tell you what, it's pretty interesting because I remember growing up in the '80s uh, back then, and you know, we would talk about signs of the times, and and I remember when when everybody was was so scared about the barcode. Remember that, Brad? Oh um, yes. And remember the barcode <laughs> came out. You go to the store like, oh my goodness, if you if you take all the numbers on the barcode on your cereal box, it numbers six six six. It's just and everybody was freaking out when the barcode came out. I mean, we are way beyond the barcode. I mean, we got yes. there is so much technology now that they have the ability to put all of your information on a grain of rice, the size of a grain of rice and put it into your hand. It's happening in other places. Friends, listen, these are signs of the times. We are getting closer and closer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's going to come a day when they're going to need a one world currency, a one world religion, a one world government folks. But I'm believing we're out of here before that. In fact, today you can't see me. Well, some of you can, I'm wearing a shirt. It says, rapture ready. I am ready. I'm hoping the trumpet sounds before the program's over. I hope you're ready for the rapture as well. When Jesus comes for his bride, takes us out of here. But Leonard, I appreciate the call there from Minnesota. Does that give you, does that help you out? That helps uh, a a great deal. And uh, my wife and I are also looking very much forward to the rapture. And uh, my wife always tells me, let's go on to family plans. So we go at the same time. I love it. Hey, we used to say we'll see you here, there, or in the air. I love it. (laughs) Looking forward to that. Leonard, thanks so much for calling today there from Minnesota. Stay warm, brother. Keep your fireplace going and watch out for that uh, wind chill factor. And uh, hey, listen, if you stay on the line, we'd love to send you out some resources. Got some great stuff available. We've got uh, It's Time to Grow by Mike Kessler. We also have 101 Last Days Prophecies. Boy, that would be great to listen to right now in light of your question. And we also have a film entitled Jesus by the Genesis Project, and we'll get that out to you. Thanks so much. God bless you, Leonard. All right. Uh, hey, we're getting close to the end of the program, Brad, pretty close here. But I see we have Dwight in Winslow, Arizona. Dwight, are you there on the line? Yes, I am. Hi, how you guys doing? And thank you very much for everything you guys are doing here. It's- oh, Dwight, thanks so much, man. Great to have you calling out there from Arizona. How can we help you today? Well, I want, first off, I just want to say thank God for answered prayer. Amen. I'm telling you, I, I was praying for a refrigerator, and he got me a refrigerator for just the right price. Anyways, <laughs> um, what I wanted to do is I really kind of just wanted to share. Um, I, I was reading an article in the CBN on 818. Uh, this was last year uh, mm-hmm. where the Israeli archaeologists, they uncovered a Byzantine-era coin depicting Jesus' crucifixion on it. Interesting. 
Well, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it proves that there's evidence of Christianity in that era or in that region at that time, you know. Um, it says, well, I'll read you here the article a little bit. It says they uncovered a rare gold coin that was minted in 638 wow. or 639 A.D. Wow, that is amazing. Dwight, that is amazing. We are coming up. I can't believe it. It's already the end of the program. Hey, if you want to call back tomorrow, we can talk more about that coin. But listen, just to answer, yeah, you go over to Israel. They're always digging stuff up, all kinds of stuff. Every time I go, they found something new. Folks, I hope you enjoyed today's program of To Every Man and Answer, that you have a beautiful weekend in the Lord. To Get to church, specifically one that teaches the Bible. God bless you. Please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 